Hello, welcome to the Cycle Systems Academy podcast. It's a slightly different pod this week. I've not got guests. I'm not going to talk really in depth about one particular piece of tech. We've got stacks of that coming up. But what I wanted to talk about this week was the fact I'm kind of starting again in Switzerland. And it's really funny because it completely coincides with our current campaign, which is about helping people get set up as bike mechanics, either as a bit of a side hustle or complete career change. We've had loads and loads of people in the last couple of years in the COVID times come and train with us because it's given them the opportunity to really think about what they want to do or really decide actually now's the time to do it. I've got a bit of space. I've got a bit of time. I'm going to retrain and start being a bike mechanic. And it's funny for me speaking to people at this stage because Cycle Systems Academy in England is really well established. It's a well-established business. It's been running for some time and it's quite well known. But here in Switzerland, we have our Swiss company, Cycle Systems Online, which is completely new. We've made a huge leap to move here as a family and we're kind of still mid-leap and we're at that same early stage. So I wanted to talk to you about that, about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and how it relates to what Cycle Systems is up to, and maybe what you might be inspired to do as well. So when I started doing bike mechanics professionally, it was mobile mechanics, and also I worked at bike shops part-time for the experience and you know social side as well. But essentially, it was always the mobile, which was going to be the serious career move. So when Julia and I um, had a child, we were like, now's the time. And that's when Cycle Systems was set up in 2007. And we got a bit more settled and did less theater and music stuff and more serious work stuff. Kind of ended up getting that career that we never really wanted. (laughs) We just wanted to have fun. But at some point, you can't do that. So now is a time where a lot of us are like, right, the fun's kind of stopping, things are getting serious. And you know what? I reckon anyone listening to this podcast would be surprised at the amount you already know about bikes. Of course, I would say come and train with us at Cycle Systems in Devon. I'd say come to Cycle Systems online. But you've already got a huge amount And this was illustrated to me yesterday. My 15-year-old son's friends bought a brand new mountain bike, brought it down to the downhill run at Girton. We actually rode up Girton, which is Burns Mountain, um, on our, well, I was on gravel bike. Julie was on an e-bike, so she had a better time of it in the 30-degree heat. But when we met them up there, they'd been slamming down the Girton downhill run, which is not a sedentary run at all and they've been taking all the most crazy lines and trying out some of the new jumps that have been put in and I checked out this kid's forks and he had pretty much zero percent sag (laughs) there was so much air in the fork so we dropped it down to 25 percent sag it was an enduro bike with 180 mil travel and when he hit the run he came back up because there's a funicular up uh, lift and he was just like that felt like a different bike and that was just setting the sag on the fork and of course we've got didn't even look at the shock you know um we've got the 
the rear coil shock to look at. We've got the rebound dampers to look at. We had a quick look at the fork rebound damper before he went down to make sure it was fairly okay. But I said, look, we've got these four things to look at and the bike will really behave as it's meant to behave. And I only hope we don't need to get a different coil spring because as a lot of you know, it's not just about adding air with a coil spring. It's either changing the preload or putting a new spring in. So that was one example of something that I would take for granted. Set up a fork on a a new mountain bike. It's just completely standard. But for so many people, they're really grateful for their help. They had, they had no idea that that needed to be done. And this is someone who mountain bikes all the time. It's his favorite thing. His dad's a mountain biker. Their friends are mountain bikers. But still, this knowledge wasn't there. So essentially, when you go out there to even make a bit of extra money on the side or really go for it in a new career, people will often be a bit intimidated. Can I really do it? Imposter syndrome. I reckon if you listen to this podcast, you already know. You already know enough to get started in one way or another. And you'll know if you need the mechanics training or not. Most people do. I mean, I still get trained. I do my continued professional development all the time. And a lot of the team camp lessons, the online lessons, I'm actually learning from people like Graham Freestone King, Troy Laffey from SRAM, and John Paul Ballard, and all the other experts we get on. Adam Kerrin from Zero Friction Cycling has been on the podcast. He's now part of the team camp and he's giving us his knowledge and his skills through the VIP lounge, which is one of the cool places where we just hang out and talk tech on a, a video format. So it's been really funny for me because we've literally just moved our stuff to Switzerland. We've been here over a year and we've just actually got our... Um, belongings over apart from a car load you know bikes and camping equipment that kind of thing we bought over the first time and that means I've got a full professional workshop downstairs which I've been slowly building up over the weekend and it means I can start actually doing bike mechanics again it's something I love doing so I'm always going to want to do it I don't just want to be a web guy selling and curating web-based courses But also, like everyone, I'm needing to generate a bit of extra money. And having this skill, it would be mad not to use it. Now, really well aware that in different parts of the world, there are different situations in terms of labor rates, in terms of the retail side of things. But certainly, it appears that if you're just working on uh, the retail side, it's very challenging. I was listening to the excellent Nerd Alert podcast recently, and they spoke to Gila Hike and Bike from New Mexico in the US. And they spoke to Martin, the English owner. And Martin was saying they're selling these top end $7,000, $8,000 Trek road bikes and not really making any money on them. They're not making any money on an $8,000 bike. And they're having to be really smart, selling accessories, selling hiking stuff, and upselling as much as they can. And Martin was saying they're charging about $60 an hour in the workshop for the workshop rates, whereas one of the presenters for Nerd Alert, Zach, his bike shop in Colorado, in Boulder, was charging double that, $120 an hour. 
So while there are differences wherever you are in your own country and across the world, it's still a pretty good hourly rate when you're selling skilled labor and selling bike mechanics. And what is really interesting for me is I'm at this point, you know, whereas I've seen so many students come through Cycle Systems Academy over the years. And now I'm at the point where I'm back again, new in a new country. So I'm not established like I was in the UK, either personally or professionally. You know, we're here in a new country, kids in a new school, and he's with a new language. So learning in a new language, we're learning German. And then after that, we're going to have to learn Swiss German, which is more than a dialect, I assure you. Kind of useful to learn French here as well. So it's quite uh, intimidating, especially when you get letters from the government about tax and things. <laughs> it's all in German. But it's also learning the culture and learning how things work. So I'm going to go out there, even though I've been so established in England for so long, as a complete newbie and start offering mechanical services, albeit with experience of doing it and having the right tools and such in place. But I'm going to have to get my trade accounts and wholesale and everything. So I'm looking forward to it. I feel very relaxed and confident about it because I've been there before. And I think that's maybe something that's often missing for people. People are going to be afraid of, oh, what if I can't fix the bike? Or what if I don't know what I'm doing? What if I don't get enough customers? So if you're inspired and you know want to get involved and want to really start doing stuff with bikes, you can join me uh, on Team Camp, which is a year's membership. And this is online bike mechanic learning. It's a whole year's course. But of course, we're talking and interacting all the time as well. It's not just a, a YouTube channel. So definitely, I can help you. And maybe even we're going to have say, some of the same issues and struggles as we start out, you know, independently. Uh, but come to cyclesystemsonline.com forward slash team camp and that's where you can book a chat with me and we can start looking at starting out you know offering bike mechanic services i'm not going to be fixing bikes eight hours a day because we we do have other things to do as you know but i'm really really pleased that i'm going to have it as uh available so i'm going to have an online calendar i'm going to schedule so many hours per week that i'm going to be available for people I'm going to have a really good hourly rate for those hours to make sure it's worthwhile. And I expect to be able to pick and choose the higher end. It's going to be pitched at the higher end road bikes, higher end mountain bikes. But of course, that's because I'm in Bern in Switzerland and I know those customers are there essentially. If you want to break into the bike trade, train your staff, or even learn some new skills just for fun, Cycle Systems Academy has a course for you. Our graduates come to us from all over the globe and train with us to gain the highest recognized cycle mechanic qualifications available. The bike industry supports and believes in Cycle Systems Academy, which means they'll believe in you too. So what I thought I'd share here is just a little bit of what to avoid. So if you're really inspired to get started, um, there's a lot of traps you can fall into. And often when I speak to students from Cycle Systems, I'll say, hey, yeah, I've just got started. I've got my Pedro's tools. I've got my insurance. I've got my stock. I'm ready to go. <laughs> One of the really big red lines often is, yeah, the local council, the local authority wants to chat with me 
about bikes or about cycling. And more often than not, all they want to do is chat. They'll waste your time. They'll bring you into meeting after meeting after meeting with nothing really firm or definite about that. So we had some really good local authority contracts when we were in London. And I'm not saying not to speak to uh, local authorities or councils at all. But if you're going to find out exactly what they've got um, to offer you as a business, find out if they've got a budget for it, find out if it's going to be tendered for. Uh, once it gets to a certain amount, it has to be tendered, although it doesn't seem to work that way at the top, does it? But certainly for us, you need to watch out for that because the tendering process from local authorities will often, often, often be going with the lowest price as well. So it's a way to try and drive down what's um, available in terms of the cost for them. And funnily enough, I remember once when we were doing servicing for a charity, actually servicing their bikes, and I'd got to know the person that ran the cycle team quite well. And it was like we were friends as well as business associates. And when we sat down to chat, I said, well, how are you doing, X? And he said, oh, it's great. I'm really driving down all the costs from the suppliers. I'm really screwing them down, he said. And then looked at me, remembering I was actually one of his suppliers. And it was at that meeting we decided to stop working for them because what he wanted was absolutely staggering in terms of um, the labor rates and such. So it wasn't something we were prepared to do. So be careful of people who just want to talk about bikes, who've got no work to offer you. Be careful of people who want something for free as well. So we would often have people saying, yeah, we'd like you to do this at this bike festival and that at the street party and this and this and this. And, oh, you don't, do you charge? And I'd always say to people in the nicest possible way, well, no, we're eccentric millionaires. Um, you'd be amazed at the amount of people who think because it's bikes for some reason, it's not actually going to cost any money. So I'd definitely be avoiding that. And the other thing to be really, really wary of when you're starting out, because you're probably going to start off fearing scarcity, thinking, oh, listen, there's not going to be enough. I need to take every bike in, have every meeting with every, you know, bod that wants to speak about bikes with me. And it really isn't the case. And you need to strike a balance between being really helpful to people, really supportive. So you develop a reputation for being someone worthwhile going to and get recommended. But you really want to avoid getting into situations where you just can't service the bike for the what the customer expects to pay. And you soon get to sniff this out. You know, um, if you've got a, a bike that you know, maybe has a street value of 30, 40 pounds or dollars, needs 200 pounds or dollars worth of work. It's very, very unlikely that the customer wants to pay that. And fair enough, but it isn't necessarily your place to, um, to do that work. The danger of just putting new tires on that bike, just putting new brake pads on that bike, when the rest of it is really substandard or even dangerous, is once your reputation this person says, oh, yeah, well, you know, Sean serviced this bike. And people look at it and say, well, that's terrible. Then that's my reputation is bad. But also, if, say, you change an inner tube on a bike 
and then the next day that person has a crash due to bad brakes or the fork snaps or something it would be me legally liable because I was the last professional to work on the bike. So knowing what bikes to turn away is incredibly important. So you can probably hear that I do feel very confident starting up a new bike mechanic business here in Bern in Switzerland. It is kind of fun and exciting and it's also really peculiar because, of course, it's what I did so long ago and was starting again. And as I said, it is, um, yeah, it's kind of scary being in a completely new place and starting again and not knowing if it'll work. But I think for a lot of people, you know, even if you stayed in the same town where you grew up, nothing's that certain at the moment for any of us, is it? So it kind of feels we're all mid-leap. If you're, it's, if you're excited about bikes if you're inspired by bikes then you know definitely get in touch if you want to get trained either at the academy or with a cycle systems online so the link again if you want to chat with me more about this is cyclesystemsonline.com forward slash team camp hope to see you there guys bye bye